Alex, it's official. We're saved for forever. Well, oh, you were talking about we'll, something we'll else. We'll get we'll get there. Oh. I'm just saying, dude, this is my first episode as an official experiencer. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I have experienced aliens. According to that one time I was abducted by aliens. Uh, or maybe you just had a dream. It could have been. I, you know what? My wife says one it was... not ju- as good as Martin Luther's, but still weird and entertaining. My wife says that they were just dreams. Yeah. I asked, but, her, I asked her about that. Oh, did you? <laughs> I saw her at the gym. What can oh, I do? Oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, my kids have a new name for you. Oh, Spaghetti Arms? <laughs> It's like, why do you call Mr. Alex Spaghetti Arms? And Oliver goes, because mommy can lift more weights than he can. <laughs> That's right. But guess what, Oliver? I can still crush you. Oh, you could crush him. <laughs> My wife can lift more weights than I can. Well, when you spend all your time at the gym, eventually it pays off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we're not here to talk about gym stuff. No. We're not here even to talk about alien stuff. That was last That episode. was last week. We're here to talk about salvation yes are you saved have you given your life to jesus i hope so if not please call this number (laughs) 555-8585 get your free salvation today oh so here's the deal with this episode is i grew up in a fairly spiritually abusive environment that's like no hidden history. That's and I grew much... up in an environment where we were just like, here's Jesus Christ, and right below that is John Calvin. So, <laughs> <laughs> it like, it hurts me when I know that other people are out there questioning their salvation, especially at the hand of the church. Like, yeah. that, that irks me in a bad way. So, I did something bad, Alex. I started a little Twitter storm. Nice, dude. Because I I asked several different of our podcasting friends, our Pottern family, if you will. Yep. Hashtag Pottern family. I asked them, um, need your opinion. How do you know you're saved? And then tagged them all in it. And they came back all across the map. Like, we were getting everything back, like, saved from what? (laughs) Or saved to what? Or... Oh, there was a man 2,000 years ago, our love wins. And it was just across the map. So I know that there are a thousand different viewpoints on what it means to be saved. Note the air quotes. But specifically in this episode, I'm going to look at redeeming that aspect of salvation, if that's a thing, through this fundamental environment that I grew up in. So this is this episode's totally slanted in that direction and we have an awesome guest on today yes he's got more phds than any scientist that i know we call him doc for a reason that's exactly right i mean the guy is so smart i feel like anybody at the same time he's like super chill and cool to hang out with yeah he's also i mean we didn't talk about it in this episode but all the way back in episode six we we interview him and he is still to this day, I'm sure, the ping pong champion oh, yeah, of the world. He is. He's incredible. Yeah. So he's just throwing down theology like he throws down those little white balls. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still to this day have never seen a better ping pong. He, I, he could beat Forrest Gump. <laughs> he could. Oh, man. But you know what? We're going to dive into this episode. 
Yeah. There's going to be a lot of Bible verses being slung around. There has to be in this episode. But don't you worry. We'll hold your hand all the way through, dear listener. Yeah. We'll bring you through to the promised land. This is funny. It's, it's two guys who didn't make it as pastors talking to... A guy who made it. A guy who's been a pastor longer than we've been alive. <laughs> in various forms and in various ways. <laughs> this is not... Guys, we are here with a return guest all the way back from episode six. Still my number one favorite episode it we've is. ever done, Jason. Doc Johnson, everybody. What's up, Doc? It is doing well. It's good to be back, guys. You always wonder if you'll ever, ever be asked back again, right? <laughs> we could have you back on for a multitude of different oh, things, yeah. Doc. I mean, that's... I, I think we will, actually. I've got, I've got a number of topics brewing. I have to say, we are... At the River Church, in your office, and your office is intimidating <laughs> because how many crosses do you have hanging up in here? I have over a hundred crosses, and people ask why I collect crosses, and it's because I cannot find empty tombs. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I would collect those because that's what it's really all about. These are these are crazy. Where seriously, where did you get some of these from? They're from all over the world. Um, some are gifts from people. From you know China, Israel, um, you know St. Paul's Cathedral, you know just different areas, Barcelona, uh, Mexico, um, you know just a lot of different places to Nashville where my kids live. So I gotta throw that in there too, yeah. right? <laughs> Man, it's sweet. So for our listeners who don't know who Doc Johnson is, Doc Randy Johnson. Um, what's, what's your ministry background? How long have you been in ministry? Wow. Um, I've been in ministry a number of years. Um, I went to a local Bible college in, in, uh, Detroit, moved out to Farmington Hills where the school was. Detroit Bible College became William Tyndale College, went off to Dallas Theological Seminary. And while doing both of those, I was involved in ministry at the same time. And then, uh, when I finished with Dallas, I went to Cadillac, Michigan as a youth pastor, um, assistant pastor and taught in Christian school. And then from there down to Auburn Hills, where I taught for 24 years, Holy Bible God. in a Christian school, um, taught five years of night classes for Cornerstone and um, helped start four Chinese churches. Oh, wow. I worked with Chinese churches for 15 years. So um, been blessed on how the Lord has been willing to use me. And so now I'm at the River Church, been here for two and a half years. I'm the Grow Pastor, which... Uh, helps oversee about 90 Bible studies, growth communities, and um, also involved in the writing ministry for the church. That's that's insane. So you've read the Bible before, yeah. right? Yeah. I've, 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 <laughs> a couple languages. <laughs> so the the topic that we have going today is how do people know that they're saved, our gospel assurance, our salvation assurance. Do you ever get any questions like that over the years? It's an interesting one because, um, as we talked a little bit before, when people talk about being saved, I think people immediately focus to what they're saved to and they forget what they're saved from. Okay. And the word saved um, is a very powerful word, 
because we're saved from hell. We're saved from the wrath of God. We're saved from death. And so um, it is a conversation that's a very important one uh-huh. and will have. And so um, but you first want to start off of where that word saved even comes into play. Where, where does it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on pins and needles. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I do think that, you know, as we go through um, Scripture, we realize that we are lost hmm. and need to be found. We, we um, need to be saved. And that because of our sin, it started with Adam and Eve and um, has carried on to every, every generation, um, we're born with sin nature. And um, Scripture makes it clear that uh, because of our sin, um, and that we all have sinned, and because of our sin, what we deserve, what we've earned, um, is death, which is hell. Um, and then we get into the old, but Jesus. You know? mm-hmm. But God demonstrated his love for us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so this whole topic of being saved um, comes down to one of, of grace of God and faith that we can be saved from hell, from death, um, because of the work of Jesus Christ. And, um, and then I believe we can know that we are going to heaven. And so I think that's where the topic goes for today. Yeah, so I mean, people who listen to our show kind of know my background and the and the fundamental aspect of it, and how um, Jess and I, my wife, came from a background of you know somewhat spiritual abuse, where um, we always made fun of the Baptists, right? Because they were once saved, always saved, and we always thought that we had the truth, and no, you can totally lose your salvation. And so I think we lived in a constant fear of, well, am I saved? Because, I mean, I, I remember um, I, was, I, was, uh, I was standing in the back of the auditorium getting ready to pass trays with two older gentlemen, and they were fighting. They were arguing, not, not throwing fists, but two older guys. And they were saying, well, well, if somebody sins and then gets in a car accident, um, do they go to heaven or no? And, and then the other old man was just adamant, no, they don't go to heaven. There's, you know, because they didn't have a chance to ask for forgiveness. And, and well, then the guy's like, well, what about suicide? Absolutely not. And, and for me, just being this younger kid, like listening into this, um, man, it was, you're talking about sowing a seed of doubt. Uh, there was no such thing as confidence. There was always worry. There was always fear. And even to this day, when somebody says, you know, fear the Lord, man, that that word, it shouldn't have a whole lot of baggage to it. I would like to think it's just reverence and respect, but there is a lot of baggage to that. Um, and we can, we can kind of dig into that for a little bit. But um, you said you can know that you're saved. What, is, what does that feel like? What does that feel like? What is that? Like, what is that? It's good. Maybe that. It's good, yeah. <laughs> that confidence, like you know, I, I think we live in a society that it's almost a, a middle school um, crush that you're taught um, keep them guessing and then they'll chase after you kind of thing. And I don't think God holds to that. God <laughs> wants us to know that He's totally in love with us. And what I don't like about the illustration you gave of those two guys talking about a car accident is they're talking about salvation. And I didn't hear anything about Jesus Christ. No, there, and that was yeah, that was a huge problem at the church we came from. <laughs> I, I honestly, I until I started um, 
until I start, had started going to a different church, I don't think that I had heard the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm dead serious. I, I didn't understand. I knew Jesus died. I knew he resurrected. I didn't know why. Why? Like, like why do that? Mm-hmm. And I truly did not understand the gospel in full picture until somebody kind of opened my eyes to it. Yeah. <laughs> If I were to give a thesis statement for our our topic, you know, kind of the writer coming out of me, but um, I didn't do anything to obtain my salvation. Why am I giving myself credit for keeping it? That's awesome. My salvation is based on works. It's the works of Jesus Christ. The assurance, the security of my salvation is based on works, the works of Jesus Christ. And as soon as I lose sight of that, I can end up boasting. Yeah. And thinking it's about me. And the big thing we want to come about with, and and whether you're um, angry with the church or not, it, it, it doesn't come about the church. It's about who Jesus Christ is. Yeah. And um, keeping the focus on who the focus is supposed to be on him, not us. My works did enough for me to need to be saved. <laughs> That's an awesome way to put it. Yeah. And um, that's not a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. You know, we talk about the um, the verse that I'd go to immediately for our verses of how you can know you're saved would be the first John 5, 11 through 13. And they read, and this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. You know, First John, we're, we're normally familiar with from chapter 1, that if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And talking about being sinners. Yeah. But here in the same book, he's still talking about these guys who are sinners, who are Christians. I, I just want you to know they have eternal life. And so for those out there right now who are listening to this, that Satan's playing with your mind right now, and he's putting doubt into it and wanting you to feel insecure, that's not from God. God does not want you to feel that way. If you're living in a life of sin, if you're totally going against God, and there's a fear from that, oh, that's a healthy fear. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's something where you are you are spending time with God and you're in prayer and, and, you're, and you're striving to follow him, Though that message that's coming that says you can't know or you don't know is not from the Bible and it's not from God. Man, uh, that's that's usually where I start when somebody pers- asks me personally, like, how how do I know that I, that I can be saved? Um, I usually say, well, you're on a good path right now because you're <laughs> yeah. asking and you, you you're asking the questions. You wouldn't care otherwise. Correct. That's a great point. And, and you know, this this whole idea of being sealed with the Holy Spirit, the promise, the guarantee of inheritance, the, the adoption, and that Holy Spirit being the marker, that, to me, that played a huge part into uh, salvation. Because I, I grew up believing you had to be, you had to be baptized. Mm-hmm. If you weren't baptized, you weren't saved. Mm-hmm. And if you weren't baptized and dunked, then you weren't saved. And all of you better go underwater. And I was always kind of fearful, and it would always happen like something bad would happen. I'd be like, you know what? I was just telling Alex and our whole uh, growth community, our Bible study group uh, last night, you know, my knee came out of the water when I got baptized. <laughs> Null and void, man. Null and void. 
Well, I say there was there was a man at our church who got rebaptized because a part of him came up out of the water when he was in. Doc, you're shaking your head. <laughs> oh, it's just funny because I mean, does that mean you know you're going to be in heaven limping? <laughs> you know, it's a, you won't have your leg in heaven or something. You know, but um, I didn't need that pinky toe. Anyway. Yeah, didn't, that <laughs> I was like, oh, so kind of going back to what you said a little bit earlier, Doc, that you know that you're saved by works, but not your works, Jesus's works. And that the verse that always sticks out to me when I think about that is uh, in Jude one twenty four. it says, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you blameless before the presence of the glory with great joy. Like the words there are pretty distinct, like. It's not you who's able to keep yourself from stumbling. And if you stumble, that doesn't mean that Jesus stumbles. Right. So I always, I just, I love Jude. I mean, it's it's pretty harsh in the beginning, but the, the, the last few verses are just golden. So I always, for, so for me, like Jason talks about his legalist grow, growing up. I, I, I'm a little bit different with my Calvinist growing, Calvinist background growing up. So like the P in the TULIP acronym is the perseverance of the saints. So like, Almost from my first day of Sunday school, it was driven into me that you have assurance that you are saved because God is so powerful that he's not going to let you go. And, you know, we could talk about John 10 uh, for that that analogy. But I remember it's always it's always been ingrained in me that to think that way. But then sometimes I can I can feel a little bit callous. And I was telling Jason this that I, I don't have a lot of, sometimes I don't have enough sympathy for people who are struggling with it. And I'm, I'm pretty harsh with my words. So I'm, I'm looking forward to just continuing to have this conversation in order that I may gain some more empathy for those who, who do wrestle with this, this question. Yeah. You talk about Calvin and the, the tulip, as you said, yeah. the, the acronym there, you know, the, the Arminian belief is what a, a category for those who even care. But, um, and they talk about having, um, what is it, the daisy? The he loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me. You know, t- t- <laughs> tearing off the petals, the petals off. off. And um, you know, does he love me? Does he not? And I and I think that that's a a dangerous area of he stopped loving me. Um, you know, both of you have um, you know your young children per se. Okay, <laughs> um, obviously mine are your age. <laughs> so uh, yeah, if you can't tell my voice, I'm the old guy here right now. But um, there's a there becomes a time when your kids become teenagers. And maybe you remember this with your own parents that you, you turn your, to yourself a little bit and you might get a little bit embarrassed to your parents or they're not as smart as you thought they were. And then about age 23, they get smart again, if you get what I'm saying. But, um, <laughs> and they probably haven't changed a bit. But um, never at any point did you stop being their children. Right. And for your own children, you, you, you know, we, we talked a little bit earlier about just in conversation of how having a little girl changed your life. Alex, and just in what a beautiful way. Beautiful, glorious, smelly way. (laughs) (laughs) But don't let anybody come near your daughter, right? And and, um, for God's love for us, that no matter where we turn, that doesn't mean he disowns us. We may disown him, but he never disowns us. And, And you went to that John 10 and then he grasps onto us. And I, I, I had an uncle, a big old six foot two uncle, two forty ish, whatever. And if I ever wanted a candy, you know, he'd put in his hand, and I, you know, I had to peel back <laughs> his fingers, and I couldn't do it, and he mocked me for it. And it was an uncle that I always was very careful in shaking his hand. I, I learned quickly that you go deep in a hand if somebody's going to crush your hand. <laughs> it's harder for them to crush it. But you know, 
Like eventually as I got older, I could peel back his fingers. But no one can peel back God's fingers. And he has us in his grip. And that should be a very comforting um, thought. And then realize he has you in his grips, not just to hold you back, but he's given you purpose and meaning and value in life. Um, He has a calling, a plan for your life. And that should give us the confidence to step forward for him instead of being paralyzed in fear of wondering whether or not we're saved. Man. Say it, Jason. Say it. (laughs) I would call that a boom statement. Oh, I was going to say, I'm just processing. Uh, Let me pick up my mic and then we'll talk some more. (laughs) (laughs) John 647 is a verse that I've talked with people before. And it's one I normally go to after um, sharing the gospel with someone. And just um, with John 647, it's very clearly, truly, truly, which I get a kick out of that anyhow when Jesus says that because he never didn't speak truth. But it's a reminder that he's like knocking on our heads to get our attention So it's like, truly, truly, I'm going to repeat something. Hey, pay attention now. I say to you, (laughs) whoever believes has eternal life. He doesn't want you to worry about a question about it. I mean, that's the whole verse. You want to memorize a verse tonight? Uh, Yeah, go ahead and and take John 647. The hardest part will be remembering the reference, not the (laughs) verse. (laughs) Verily, verily, I say to you, or truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. Man, I can't, I just like, um, I'm jealous of that. I wish I, I wish I had that instilled at me at a young age, uh, just because I, I kind of think like, man, if I had that confidence and didn't have to question all the time, how much more work could I have seen of God? You know, how much further would I be along than where I'm at now? How many more people could I have truly helped? Because I remember getting into endless debates that mean nothing. They absolutely mean nothing. Like looking back on it, on whether you're saved or are not saved. Like, okay, we can skip that. We're saved. Let's move on. What's next? You know? Um, but I know there's still a lot of people they're hearing this um, and they still have doubt in, in the sense of, um, I, I know you've had to, I've heard this in your ministry because. I've, I've preached a handful of sermons. I've got this. And Alex, I know that you have too. Um, I know God can forgive me, but I can't forgive myself. That's the area. Yeah. And I, and I know that um, even for myself, it's easier for me to forgive other people. Um, getting to a point where I forgive myself. And, and I, for myself, I believe it's an area of pride and not a healthy area of pride. You know, okay, other people are going to mess up. Yeah, they're knuckleheads. Yeah. And so you forgive them. But for me to mess up, and, and so I have to get beyond myself and um, accept God's forgiveness and then forgive myself and push forward. And it's not easy. Yeah, what do you what do you tell us to somebody in that situation? Uh, yeah, there's been a few times, like, especially when Jason and I used to go into the drug recovery homes, like people, I mean, you talk about people that, really get down on themselves when they start realizing the full weight of their the decisions they've made and they're now in the middle of facing the consequences because of them they sometimes like they'll 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 say like i've done so many bad things and i've hurt so many people i don't know if i can forgive myself and then you say well but god forgives you 
God forgives you all that. If you, if you take that to God, like he'll forgive you. He's like, well, I've done that and I still can't forgive myself. What about that? What about somebody who's a little bit more stubborn, Doc? Well, you know, I think there's um, an element where um, there's a difference between forgiving and forgetting. I don't see in Scripture where we have to forget things. Mm. I think the, the area is we don't use it against somebody again. And so we have to accept God's forgiveness and not use it against us. That Satan wants to bind us with our past, and God wants to use our past to reach others. And so the difficulties we've gone through, he wants us, you know, in the Second Corinthians chapter 1, realize the comfort we're receiving from him now so that we can comfort others in the future who are going through the same thing. So if I can accept my past, forgive myself, and I'll go to a topic that people don't want to even talk about. Do we ever have to forgive God? And like, well, he never did wrong. doesn't matter. There are people on this earth that I have to forgive that maybe didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> but in my own mind, I have to forgive them because I perceive them having done something wrong. And maybe they didn't. Well, even God not, do I, do I ever get to a point with my past that I forgive God for what I went through? Oh, and That's a good one. It's a that's, deeper one, isn't it? That's like the son who stayed home in the story of the, in the prodigal son. He didn't do anything wrong, but yet it's like, well, well why? Like, why is he getting? Well, I guess that would, that would deal more with jealousy. But you, you get that in the sense of I've done everything I was supposed to do. I was the good kid. Mm-hmm. And why does my kid have cancer or why why am I going through this hardship why I've I mean I've been there mm-hmm. well you I know that your podcast here often reaches to the person who's a little fed up with church yeah been been hurt by church and maybe not necessarily frustrated with God but there are those who are frustrated with God oh yeah and who are you feel that God has given them the, a, a wrong turn and um, and are mad at them and you know, I'm just wanting to say, you know, you you can if you have turned on him, you can be mad at him. He loves you, and um, you you may find that if you give your life over to him, I think you will find if you give your life over to him, that he can use that mess to be your message. And um, that may be cl- cliche-ish, but it is true, because what what you've come from, as you've already talked about, where you've come from, has helped you reach people who. Yeah. You can relate to. Yeah. And that's the difference between empathy and sympathy. You know, when somebody gives me sympathy, don't patronize me. But when you give me empathy, meaning you've been in my shoes, you've gone through what I've gone through, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, you do understand. You're not just playing games with me. You're not just trying to um, push me aside and, and go on to the next thing. You're, you're saying, I, I feel the pain. I've been there. And here's what Jesus did for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, from my own perspective, areas where I've struggled in and then had to forgive myself, and I find that I tend to have a whole lot more grace for other people who are going through that same situation. Like, I, I see them, and, like, I hurt with them because I know I know what that feels like because I've been there. And instead of pointing the finger, well, you should be doing this, it's more like, hey, I'm here, and... I think those are powerful moments. Um, so, I mean, to keep going along, you, you said, you know, um, people may be angry with the church. And I have a question in, in line with that. So what do people do? Um, like I use myself as an example. You have those seeds of doubt sown in by the church and poor doctrine, a bad pastor, whatever it may be. Um, 
I actually have a letter that says I'm apostate for going to the going to our church now because mm-hmm. I go to a church that has musical instruments. So what do you do if uh, um, I know that that might be bizarre to a lot of people, but I actually do have a letter of apostasy. I want to see uh, that letter still. <laughs> <laughs> You've talked about it for years. And I still haven't seen it. It was in possession of my dad. I don't know if he's thrown it away or not. It's not something I cared to hold on to, but um, for somebody in that in that situation, well, the church thinks I'm going to hell for this. You know what? Maybe I am, and it, that probably comes in like a and and one of those rough patches of life. You know, well, maybe I'm not doing stuff right. Well, I, I think it comes back to going through Scripture, though, and I and I think we've already looked at a number of verses, and there are more that we could look at that talk about that my salvation comes through Jesus Christ. And um, when people start talking about things like music and other things like that, they're they're missing Jesus Christ. Yes. And so for someone who's in a church in that situation, um, I, I'd first study scripture for yourself. Uh, we are spoiled. We're, we're not just blessed. We're spoiled to be able to have good translations of scripture that we can study in our own language. And, um, and then if you want to even go deeper with it, you can um, get some online tools that will help you even go into the Greek and Hebrew if you want to to really take it another level. But to get into a Christ-centered, Bible-believing church. And um, again, first the focus needs to be about Jesus Christ. And um, keep it off of all other things. Um, stay, start with a focus on being Jesus Christ. And then a Bible-believing. Uh, it's the Word of God. And when we talk about... Um, Revelation and God revealing Himself to man. Um, we we have, you know, the the special revelation in the fact that He revealed Himself through His Son Jesus Christ and revealed Himself to the world through, through the through the Word. The natural revelation is He's revealed Himself through nature. And so there's no one with an excuse of saying that they don't believe there's a God or they can't know there's a God. There is a God, and so now He's revealed Himself through His Son Jesus Christ and the Word. So those are the places you should be going to a church that are going to focus on those two things, of how of how God revealed Himself. How can we know more about God? I remember, yeah. I remember going up, going back to the musical instruments. I remember one of the best advice I ever got from a pastor was, "Don't take my word for it. You read it." And so, like, I remember as a as a young Christian, I, I used to read the Bible and like try to you know try to read it as much as I could. And then, so when the topic of drums coming up being used in our church gatherings, and the church kind of came down to the decision where we think drums are sinful. We're not going to use them in our worship services anymore. And I was just like, yeah, that's, that's bull crap. <laughs> <laughs> and like right away, I even was like, I, that's really, that's, that's garbage. And then even at all of our youth events, when we would have music, there was no drums, but then what all the kids would do is they would bang on the pews to help us keep a beat. So mm. we showed them that's good, funny. good Protestants protest. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Well, we can't use too much emotion in in church, right? We have to. We can't celebrate and be. Oh that's man! Slight sarcasm. Sorry. No, I mean you just you just brought up another one for me. So in preparing for this, I was I was online listening to sermons, and, and you can YouTube. How do I know I'm saved? And it returns back just a number. It it returns back a lot. I mean, Jeez. everything under the sun is there on YouTube. But I pulled up this sermon by John MacArthur. At, I happen to like John MacArthur. J-Mac, represent. I don't agree with everything he says, (laughs) and I'm about to say something I don't agree with, but, I mean, he's a 
he's a reasonably solid guy. <laughs> he, 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 he's, a, he's a man of the word. I think he studies the word. Don't agree with everything either. You know what? He doesn't agree with everything I believe. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, he's... he's Mine's pretty... aren't print, though. So he can't, <laughs> he can't prove me oh wrong. Oh, my goodness. That's, yeah. What a scary thing to put your thoughts down in print at any given time in your life and right. say, I dare you to change. Because right. <laughs> it will. Oh, that's, that's scary to think about. Um, but he's saying in his sermon, and that's another thing that's recorded medium. That's the beautiful thing about a podcast is... You know, we might offend somebody, but we we have. Gr- I hope we have grace to change opinions and thoughts and things like that. But he's uh, um, he's explaining, you know, adoption and born again and and uh, being sealed with the Holy Spirit. And then he comes to the point in his sermon where he's like, he asks the hypothetical, "Well, how do I know that I have the Holy Spirit?" And he um, he quotes First Corinthians two and First John two twenty seven how the Holy Spirit instructs us. But then he goes on, and I I wrote this down. He goes on to say, this is why you're at this church, if you come here regularly, not sitting in dark room with strobe lights and rock and roll music, because you are far more interested in having your heart ignited by the instructing of the Spirit of God through the Word of God than you are in an emotional experience. That's why you're here. In fact, that's alien to you. That's not interesting to you. You don't care about that. You don't want that. And I'm thinking, I get up on stage and play <laughs> with strobe lights. And it's, it's, it's like, why does that Why does that make it in there? It's funny that his his ministry is called Grace to You. Except if you're charismatic. Grace to you, except you charismatics over here. You know what I'm saying? Do you think he's really referring to other churches or to the whole unchurched world? Is it is it is he describing more the barroom scene as opposed to coming to church? And where are you finding your um, fulfillment? Are you finding it in the world and, and empty something? Or are you finding it... I, I wonder if he's comparing churches or if he's comparing... Yeah, I thought the views. same thing. It, to me, maybe it's just because of my background. It sounded like he's comparing churches, but yeah. possibly I, not. just based off of. And this is just a sidebar, but just based off of some of the interviews, and I, I read his book Strange Fire, where he goes into depth talking about the works of the Holy Spirit, which was a good book. I didn't agree with a lot of it, um, but I mean, it did kind of help me solidify some of my beliefs about the Holy Spirit. He really has no love for the charismatic movement, and and rightfully so. Some of the stuff that they they you know believe in and in practice, I, I'm not 100 percent on board with. But I don't think you can just bash somebody because they worship different than you. If it's more music focused or a little bit more emotionally based well, as opposed any, to mm-hmm. concrete like we only have to read the word every sunday and that's it that's the only way we worship if there's anything that i've learned from this podcast is god can use whatever he wants whenever he wants right to right. lead somebody to himself and that continues to boggle my mind um yeah i know we're, we're getting into a slightly different topic we now, are. as far as I'm, spiritual I'm, gifts and those kind of things yeah i'm bringing I, it back around i got um an interesting one with Charles Spurgeon. I, I was looking oh, at a quote. Yes. And um, he says, If we be married to Christ and he be jealous of us, depend upon it, this jealous husband will not, will, will let none touch his spouse. And you get caught up in the broken English like that. But um, if the church, if believers are the bride of Christ, which we are, mm-hmm. and, and he is the groom, and we're talking about a marriage situation, is he going to let us off? <laughs> let somebody else right. mess with us? 
play around yeah. with it. And it was just interesting when I thought about that in, in with with Spurgeon's view of, um, again, I've, I've talked about with children and that, you know, once your child, it, it's your child, you know. Yeah. And it, it's a foreign concept until you have a child, until you're in that delivery room and you're like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. This is from me? <laughs> you know, I had a part of this. And then um, he goes into a, a marriage scene with it. And that with your with your wife, and you know, we could talk about divorce all day today in, in the area of it, but Jesus Christ is not divorcing yeah. his bride, and he's and he's protecting his bride, and and we will continue to be the bride, and so um, just a, an inter- interesting way. Um, the other one I thought was D. L. Moody, Dwight Moody, and Moody Bible Institute, the founder of that. But um, it is our privilege to know that we are saved. Yeah. And so to go back to this whole topic of, can I know I'm saved? Yeah, you, you can know you're, sa- you're saved and you should get to that point. I had a, a family bring up an interesting topic and it may be a different podcast for you, but um, we were talking and they were um, looking to admit their, their kids to the Christian school I was teaching at and I was director of enrollment and we talked about with the children if they're saved that whole concept. And um, and it was always interesting because most people, the concept of being what they're saved from, they don't realize. And I think that's more important than what we're saved to. Um, if I'm drowning, I don't care what you throw to me. Yeah. <laughs> Just get me right. out of this water. <laughs> right. I don't Good care point. what you... Save me to a boat, to an island, um, to a, a pink floaty thing you've been shaking. <laughs> I don't care what it's to. That's awesome. Now, we get heaven, but um, their concept was... When I talked to their children about it and have they prayed, they said, we don't have our children do a prayer of salvation. And it, and you, you can evaluate this, but they said, we don't want them ever just to live however they want and say, well, I said a prayer. Yeah. And so for those who are living lost and don't care about it, well, then you have to question whether or not you really ever did give your life to the Lord. And and that's that's a whole different topic. I, I appreciate how you started this off when you mentioned for the person who's saying, I, I'm worried I'm not saved, and you're like, that's the person. Yeah. <laughs> that you're that's a pretty good sign that you are saved because you're you're conscious of it. For the person who says, I'm saved, I can live however I want, well, that's a whole area that you have to wonder if you ever were saved. And um and you might want to evaluate that. And I don't want to ever minimize um the power of the, the faith of a child, childlike faith, because it only takes childlike faith for us to be saved. Yeah. Um, but that, I thought it was an interest when the family shared that with me. They're like, we've seen too many people, and the parents will be like, oh, they're living for the world, but when they were four. <laughs> they said the prayer. They're, <laughs> they're good. <laughs> they're good. They said, uh, open sesame, and, and now the heaven's open to them, and, you know, that's that's a scary thought. Oh, man. Jason, you got any more questions for Doc that we got from some of our listeners or some stuff that we were we were kind of mulling over? No, I mean, uh, I guess going back a little bit, personally, um, two of the verses that were just hammered over our my head, my wife's head, and I know I'm not the only people, but um, even the demons believe and tremble are, you know, at the road is narrow and there are a few who find it. And... I'm trying to think of I'm trying to go back to my fundamental roots and and draw up some of their arguments and those those are probably the two main scriptures that I can pull from the top of my, top of my head. 
So what do we what do we do with those? How do you have insurance even with verses like those? You know, it is, I, I know I'm probably taking those out of context. You know, it's just it's a fun kind of situation to think about the demons trembling, and we we saw that when the man who is who's been bound and stuff and breaks loose and is running around That's one naked. Of my favorite and passages. and he and it, it it's intriguing because as he comes as they come to Jesus, the demons say they realize who Jesus is. Yeah, they acknowledge who he is and don't throw us into the abyss, right? How about these pigs? There's just so many things to me. First of all, that Jesus grants their request. That's true. <laughs> that blows Fair my enough. mind every time. The pigs were talking about a non-kosher animal. And who's having all these pigs in that land, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole idea of don't throw us into the abyss, they're already aware of the abyss. Yeah. So have there already been other fallen angels thrown into the abyss? But the other thing is, their free will is already gone. Yeah. When they fell with Satan, when one third of the angelic being fell with Satan, Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, I believe they lost their free will. At that point, they couldn't change. So here, here are ones who want to acknowledge. They've, they've, they're acknowledging who Jesus is. Yeah. They're, 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 but it's too late for them. That's interesting. And so, but I, I'll, I'll go with this passage and I'll, and I'll say the, um, when you're talking from James, um, there is a difference. What do they say? Some people um, miss heaven by 12 inches. There's a head knowledge of who God is, yeah. but it doesn't get to their heart. Yeah. And it doesn't change their life. And to be cognitive of, yeah, there's a God. Okay, we're good. Or it's semantics between different worldview religions, not different denominations, but different worldview religions. Yeah, you call them this, I call them this. It's all the same thing. We're, we're, we're both acknowledging a higher being. No, 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 no. It's more than semantics. And you're just getting into a, a cognitive level. But to let it sink in and change your life, you know, it, a word we don't like to use much anymore is that word repent. Yeah, and um, and there is a call to repentance, mm. and and when I'm turning 180, when I'm when I'm realizing um, that I I used to view life on what's best for me, and now it's a 180 turn, and I'm I'm focused on Jesus Christ, and and what what's about Him? That's the process of salvation, of of a faith of giving my life to the Lord, and and totally giving my life to the Lord, mm. and um. It's just a an interesting concept. the The narrow path is one we love to throw out there always, and the more conservative we become, the more prideful we become in a narrow path. Yeah. Um, it, the first thing I think we should think about is it's a truthful statement, and it should hurt us. It hurt Jesus because he came to earth that they may be saved. Yeah, and it's it's not his desire that any would perish. And so when he, if he were to hear today, and he does hear, but if he was on earth and in, in, in face-to-face with them in human form still, and hear someone say that, his first thought was, does that hurt you? Or are you taking pride in that? Because yeah. most people who say that take pride in it. We're on the narrow path. Yeah. We're good. I know that's, that's the way that I was forever. We're on the narrow path. Yep. If the, the path is wide, it's the wrong one. Yep. And, it, and it, you know, I'll, I'll tease that just because you're on a narrow path doesn't mean it's the right path either. And some of these people who are leaving on legalism, it's a narrow path. Yeah. It ain't the right one. Yeah. And so um, the narrow path and following who Jesus is, yeah, it's a narrow path. And keeping him as the focus and not man as the focus. 
Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to a whole other area for you, but I think it, it ties into the same realm. If you want to compare religions, I believe Christianity is unique because Christianity is the only religion that has God coming to man, not man trying to get to God. Christianity is the only religion that has God dying for man, not man trying to die for him. Yeah. Everyone else focuses on, on the man, and Christianity focuses on Jesus Christ. And so it is amazing. So when it comes down to my salvation, bring it right back to that, it's about him, and I need to keep it about him. And that should give me confidence in knowing it's about him and what he wants to have happen, and then he can work through me. What a, what a privilege to know that he wants us on his team, he wants to put us in the game, <laughs> and he's going to help us in the process because he's given us the Holy Spirit that even as this longtime Baptist yeah. can say, yes, he, the Holy Spirit, <laughs> lives within me and has sealed me to the day. So if I can lose my salvation, did I fail or did the Holy Spirit? He didn't fail. Yeah. Therefore, I cannot lose my salvation. If you ever want to go into a side note on it, and there'll be those who'll say, well, what about the unforgivable sin? I was just going to ask sin? about that. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a common one. And is there an unpardonable sin? And there is. And it's the rejecting of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. They call it the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. It's rejecting the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin. It shows us our need of a Savior. It shows that we need need of a Savior. We need to be saved. That we that we have something that we're, we're lost we're, we're headed to and to redirect us and the Holy Spirit. And so if throughout your life you reject that challenge um, of, the, of the conviction of the Holy Spirit on your life, then when you die, you, you're, you're, you're doomed. And there are people who will say, well, you know, I don't believe in Jesus. Well, that doesn't mean he doesn't believe in you. And they'll say, well, I'll, you know, you're going you're gonna to bow down to him. No, I don't to bow down to anyone. Oh, you will. You have a choice, either this life or the afterlife. Or and, you know, you talk about Philippians 2, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And, um, and at that point, for most, the path is wide, right? For most, it'll be too late. Yeah. And so, um, and again, for those right now who are wondering about Jesus Christ, I just want you to capture something, and I got challenged on this, and it really hurt me at one time when someone said, you know, Christians, they, they kind of like take pride that people are going to hell. It's almost like they enjoy it. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, for these three guys, you know, the two and myself, um, that's not what we're about. There is no, um, yay, I'm going to heaven and you're going to hell. Um, there's a, a humbling um, appreciation that, that God is willing to save me and an acceptance of that and a desire to, and for these two guys, to go out of the box, to try something different, to reach those who um, feel that maybe God has turned on them or the church has kicked them out and to say, uh, God still loves you, has a plan for your life, um, and it's a better life. Get, throw, your, throw your life to God. Man, Doc, I mean, you made an excellent point there. Um, you know, people who are quick to throw out, well, narrow is the path, and how that often comes from a heart of pride. I can say without a doubt that that was me 
I was that. I was the prideful guy. And I probably hurt a lot of people. And so right now I'm offering up an apology <laughs> saying that I'm sorry because I know for a fact, and they're not listening to this. I know they're not listening to this. Um, but I know that there are people out there who have been hurt by words just as I have from people who were standing up at one time or another on a pedestal. Uh, and I could, I, I want to say that maybe you have too. I think the the first the first place we can uh, start from for Christian on Christian uh, hate is we can start by apologizing to one another. Well, that's very fair, uh, and that's that's one of those verses where they um, it's it's right in that that same passage there. But not everybody who cries Lord Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, and that's a that's a haunting passage, and nobody wants to have that hung over their head in any way, shape, or form. Well, I can say, for me, in regards to that passage, when I went over to Jordan and got a world perspective, it kind of opened my mind to that, because here you have people who are crying, Lord, Lord, but they do not believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And to me, in that context, that verse might fit a little bit better than it does when we use it against one another Right. Who do believe in Christ, um, who may just be a different body part than you, who may just be a different part of the church, who may just have a different ministry. Um, we like to surround ourselves with ourselves. That's why we're obsessed with our cell phones. That's why. Um, I mean, I'm serious. We're, we're no, obsessed it's, it's with, completely with ourselves, true. ourselves. And Hold on. Can I take a selfie right now? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm good now. Thank you. Well, it's only natural. <laughs> it's only natural for people to say, you know what? This church isn't working for me. I want a church that's all eyeballs because that's what I like. And that's not what you need. You need, you need people to push and pull against. That was a long rant. I don't know. Well, the other, where it was ending. <laughs> the other side of it, if we had a church of all, all eyeballs, we wouldn't want that because then I couldn't be the one seeing. And I want to be the eyeball, right? Yeah. So we almost want to get the I mean, we, get, we, we can't win with that, right? No, you can't. No, when we talked about the Holy Spirit earlier, just for those who are maybe taking notes, Ephesians 4.30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Yeah. He's doing the sealing on it. And, um, and so, you, you know, it's one of those things, again, we have already mentioned from um, John 10, uh, 27 through 29, that no one can snatch them out of my hand. No one can take them out. And this is the whole idea that with the Holy Spirit of God, uh, part of the Trinity, right, that they were also sealed. They were sealed because of him. And so it's a, it's a work of God. And, um, and obviously that can't be broken. Man. You know, if I want to continue with the spirit, guys, if you're contemplating thoughts and stuff like that, but Romans eight, <laughs> Romans eight. Before you guys give me the question, I'm not ready for right. Romans eight sixteen says the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit yeah. that we are children of God. Oh my goodness, the spirit himself bears witness. Um, yeah, if I'm in court, that's that's probably a good witness to have, yeah. right? So the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, He's bearing witness with our spirit, that we are children of God. And uh, what a privilege to be able to be a child of God and um, to, to be loved by him and then 
to be directed by him and to seek the guidance and the direction and, and, and him speaking through his word. Um, Pastor Chuck gave, gave a quote, and I'd love for you to follow up with this on him at one time, but um, I told him that he needs to put it in print because with all the writing we're doing, I'm going to put it in print and take credit for it pretty soon, but <laughs> I'll still give him credit for it right now. But he said, um, the word of God, he's going from Hebrews 4.12, is, is so alive and powerful that it is reading us while we are reading it. Mm. And to realize that the word of God, and, and I will tell you, if you go right now and open up your Bible and we'll read a couple chapters, it's going to impact you right now. And I'm not even telling you where to read or where to look, uh, yeah. but the word of God, it still applies for today. And, um, and, and, the, and the need can be, be met there, but only in Jesus Christ and bringing a fulfillment and a focus um, again, I'll, and I'll, I like to go into bringing value to life. Um, our, our science of today with evolution, just saying where we're coming from, it's taking away the value of life. We're, we're just an animal. And when you realize that you're created in God's image, that he knitted you together in your mother's womb, that, that he, he's the one who pulled out those needles and, and did the knitting, yeah. that, he, that you are created by God and he never says oops. He's never made a mistake. And that, that God made you. It brings value into your life and that he knows who you are. He's he, he's. He's developed you, formed you, and the, the plan he has for you. And so to, to turn your life over to him um, is, is such a blessing. Mm-hmm. And then you can know that you are a child of God and know that you will spend eternity with him. It, I, I don't know where the verse is at, but it always blows my mind that the same spirit in him who raised him from the dead is alive in you. Like, that blows my mind. <laughs> like... Okay, there's there's God, and I, in my humility, can can I can contemplate and put this this picture in my mind of what a holy and pure and a just God looks like, and how He has the right to rule over everybody, and He's just, and He's perfect, and He's pure. Um, then to say that that purity came down and lived with us, that's where. That's where my Muslim friends have the hardest time. How how can something so pure and so good come live with us? And then how can God live in us? Like it's it's mind-boggling and that to me that's an illustration of the depth of his love. Like um not not only am I going to die for for you, I'm going to put a piece of me in you. Wait, not just a piece, because we don't know how this this uh, Trinity thing works yet. I'm going to put all of me in you, <laughs> uh, to to put it that way. Oh, and I'm gonna I'm going to continually remind you, and when you get dirty, I'm going to scrub you, and I'm going to make you clean. Oh, and how when you did this before and you didn't feel anything in your heart, how you were mean to those people, or how you didn't help your neighbor. But all of a sudden, you see your neighbor and feel compassion. That's me. That's that's God working in you. That I mean, um, the fact that it, it just makes me think more and more about uh, about Ephesians two. By grace, you've been saved, not by works and faith. I mean, even even your very faith is provided for you. Mm-hmm. Like to me, those those are mind boggling thoughts. I got nothing to add. <laughs> Bible verse, Jesus, God, Holy Spirit. You I know. just, I wish Christians were nicer to each other. Yeah, that's, that's, 
and that's my problem i I told i I may have mentioned earlier in the episode like i sometimes have a hard time like i don't have enough what's what's the word empathy is it is that the right word doc i don't have enough empathy for sometimes for people who continually question their salvation like don't don't you know who you worship but i I know that are there's other brothers and sisters in christ who are newer in their walk or they're they're just getting into it and, and they may know something that i don't know and i know stuff that they don't know so why don't we walk together as opposed to throwing rocks at each other from across the aisle on the flip side of that um we get into this mindset of you know no one can judge me but god kind of thing and we almost forget the accountability yeah, And I think as Christians, we should have some people that we can trust that will speak truth into our life, and we should be doing willing for others in love. Yeah, But we see them slipping. Um, I think we need to go to them and um, remind them on something and, and, and help them come back um, as a team, though, not speaking down to them, you know, speaking eye to eye, knowing that be careful that we don't fall into it also. Mm. Wasn't that a discipleship? Not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Who came up with that idea? <laughs> oh man, I think I think I'm out of questions. For I think t- I am too. I mean, what, what uh, final thoughts, Doc? There's somebody listening to this right now who who is who has heard all this and is still wondering, "Am I saved?" What's What's the one last thing we could say to him? Again, I'd say focus on Jesus, um, his work, not your own. Um, focus on him and and then get involved in what he's doing. Um, although we, you may not find the perfect church. And again, if you find the perfect church, don't join it because you'll mess it up. But um, <laughs> to get involved in, a, in a, what we'll say, a Christ-centered, Bible-believing church and um, start investing in other lives. And, and making a difference in the world. And as you find yourself giving of yourself, you're going you're gonna to find yourself more and more blessed and, and finding um, the, the purpose and value that we've been talking about. But the focus is on Jesus and not on ourselves. And we do need to look at our own actions to make sure they're in line with what Jesus would want. But I did not do anything to get saved. I cannot do anything to keep it. Well said, Doc. That's awesome. Thank you very much. Gentlemen, thank you for the invite. And in, um, what will it be, 53 more episodes? Maybe I'll get back on again? <laughs> <laughs> and maybe not, right? <laughs> oh, man. Well, well you just, I, I think you keyed about five more episodes of me. I mean, the, la- I, the last one was when accountability and see, when you see your friend slip in, which makes me think, oh, man, we need to define sin at some point, which is a whole other episode. <laughs> Among many. Doc. Thank you much. Thank you, Doc. We'll have you back soon, man. Alright. Be blessed. Man, I love Doc so much. He is a great man. And he was, he was really nice of us to give us the key to his new vehicle that he bought. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just kidding, Doc. Uh, and he, uh, uh, for a guy who is so like, I mean, he could, he could have all these plaques and stuff on his walls. I don't know a more humble guy. I mean, we met with him at 730 at a night and we were like his 10th 
agenda item of the day. I mean, he's been there been all going day. at it all day. And still made time to hang 12, out with us for hours. an hour, hour and a half. And said it was his honor to be on our show. Like, yeah. No, dude, it's our honor to and have like, you We were on. like walking out the door, and he's still chatting to oh, us yeah. about, like, just, yeah. he's just the nicest, one of the nicest people I've ever met, and he's Abs- a good dad. Absolutely. I th- man, he he brought up so many good points. Yeah. Uh, do you have any any main takeaways? Anything, anything that you didn't already know or anything that stand out? No, he had some good quotes that from some 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 dudes that I like like Chucky Spurgeon and DL Moody and we talked about our our boy J Mac. We need to make like a like you know how we have Dang Gina? Yeah. We need to have like a J Mac <laughs> drop for when we re- refer to John MacArthur. Oh man. <laughs> I just think it would be funny. Oh, it's got to be like really pious though and like it's like like a bunch of loud like basketball horns. Like, boo 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 boo, J Mac. Yeah, <laughs> but also it's got to do something where it's like kind of kind of leaving people like questioning. Was he like putting me down? <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> well, much. What is that? Maybe we could just have like a sound clip of one of his like slappies who thinks he's like next to Jesus. <laughs> like there's Jesus and Jesus's half brother Johnny Mac. <laughs> But technically, we're all Jesus's half brother. For real, dude. For no, real. his whole thing, specifically when uh, talking to the church about pride, yeah. building up, and even myself, I had to apologize partway through the interview for my own actions in the past. Like Alex, I was bad, dude. I was so prideful. I was in Revelation. I was one of the forty-four thousand. 144,000. 144. Maybe your church is yeah. only 44. No, like, our church is narrow, only 44. That, that road is so narrow for At, this church. Dude, we had it narrowed down to 44 people. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was so bad, man. I'm so glad like God has redeemed me out of being an asshole. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. And like, like I said, uh, having a whole lot more grace for others. And I still have a long way to go. Yeah, and we all do. We all do, man. So yeah, we're, but, on, we're on this journey together, and we're just chugging along, chugga 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 <laughs> chugga chugga. So what do you? <laughs> Major pain. <laughs> so I mean, what do you guys think of this show? Do you guys have any comments, any feedback? We'd love to hear them. You can get a hold of us through email, through our website, uh, notyourpastorspodcast.com, or through our Twitter at nypastors, uh, Instagram, our Facebook, Facebook, all the DMs, MySpace, all the public messages. We'd love to hear Tinder. from you. Tinder. Tinder? Do we have a Tinder? Yeah, we have a Tinder. We always swipe right or left. Which one is the bad one? I forget. We're just swiping. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I've ever opened Tinder. We're on we're, I, on we're on plenty of fish. I have almost registered we're on Christian Mingle. A Snapchat twice. <laughs> I don't even I don't even want to touch with that stuff. I feel like Facebook's enough. You don't like the little Shauna has to play with the little Snapchat filters no, with you. We do not do Snapchat together. You don't sit on the couch and do Snapchat together. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? I know you're making a reference all the way back to episode three. Am I? Yes. We talked about I'm not that in making... episode three. There's a B filter. Oh, yeah, that's right. Dude, I can't believe I pulled that out of my rear end. You did, dude. That. You can't be doing I'm sick right now. I don't even know what's going on. And you're pulling out episode three? Yeah, episode three, bro. You're nuts. With Seth. 
Anyway, Alex, you, you, you talk about feedback, yeah, Jason, and it, it reminded me of something that we didn't do last week that we should have because it, it, it's just plain rude if we didn't. Yeah, we have this policy at our show where if you leave us a five star review on our iTunes page at not you know type in not your pastor's podcast in the search bar on the iTunes podcast app and you there will be number three. Number one is still not your mom's menopause up podcast. <laughs> is it? I'm just saying it's still up there. <laughs> still there sitting in the number one spot. But we got two, Jason, Dos. Dos Equis. Dude, I am so, like, thankful. That's all I could say. It could be because of the uh, content from our very first episode back in 2018. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. Okay. This, this reads... Best show ever from Joshua Thomas 2911. The Nephilim episode. Oh. Dot, 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 dot. <laughs> mind dot blowing. Oh my dot. gosh. Seriously, one of my favorite episodes so far. You had, you all had my attention the entire time. I look forward to your podcast every week and I'm never disappointed. Thank you all for all you do. Thanks, Joshua. Oh, Thomas, yeah, 2911. dude. Thank you. And My just salute to you, sir. Just to keep your mind blowing, go search YouTube Antarctica. That's it. Just go search it. Oh my God! What is there? There is all kinds of conspiracy of Nephilim on Antarctica, and how Antarctica is unexplored, and how the Nazis are in Antarctica, and how there's portals down to the middle of the Earth, and how there's going to be an alien invasion from aliens coming out of the deep of the earth. Oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> and how people can't fly. <laughs> all right, moving on. You moving can tell what on. I was doing all day. Moving on. Yeah, okay, what's the, what's the, next, the next one? The next one is from the Chase K. Am I reading that correctly? Well, 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 the greatest. Oh. Dot, dot, dot. I listen to quite a few podcasts. Most of them are the Christian variety, or so they say. Yeah. I do bounce around quite a bit, but I eventually always end up listening to Not Your Pastor's podcast. It just doesn't get your blood boiling like some of the others, some of the, some of them do. Lots of them are jackasses out there. <laughs> does it say that? Yes, it does. Oh, that's what that's, yeah. That's part of the policy. Whatever you write, I have to read. Yep, that's true. Fairly keep, keep easy that to in mind. <laughs> but has content worth hearing? And most importantly, it's good to hear people working hockey into basic conversation. A well-deserved five-star podcast. Yeah. Thanks, the Chase K. Nobody can see the thumbs up you're giving right now, but it was epic. I just it was a perfect slow-motion thumbs up. And I totally agree. Working hockey into literally every conversation, every conversation yeah. we could possibly do. It's uh, very easily doable. So, Jason, just to reiterate. If you leave us a five-star review, yeah. and not just a five-star review, make sure you write a comment with your five-star review, we will read it. You've been laying the bait out there, and nobody has taken advantage of it yet. I'm waiting for somebody just to take this thing and run with it. Just to write a bunch of the most obscene <laughs> words in the English language. Oh I'm just... Alex will read it. Just gonna I'm, I'm not afraid to hold down the bleep thing if if i have assurance of salvation i, I am not afraid to read yeah, whatever you write you do in a five star you review. do have assurance of salvation no i well, thanks chase k 
Yeah. For that's that's awesome, man. Um, so speaking of assurance of salvation, um, if there's one hockey team that's not going to make it into the playoffs, they have no assurance that they're going to make oh it into the gosh. playoffs. It's the Detroit Red Wings. I don't even want to talk about that right now. But hey, we like Chase said, we have to work in the hockey comments into every conversation that we have. Let's talk about the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, let's talk about just this team that just first year. A team of nobodies, dude. A team of they're basically like Hufflepuff. Nobody even <laughs> like had them on their radar. It's, 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 it's Huffle or Huffer? It's Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff? They're basically the Hufflepuff <laughs> of the NHL because nobody even thinks about them. No. And it's not until the very last movie you even have a reference of Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw for the Harry Potter series. <laughs> and that's what they are. And they're, here they are just making big moves. So they're First place, dude, looking at, the, like, they're not even, what, we're just about or just past the halfway point of the season. And they are, like, two wins away from setting, a, like, the record for first season franchises. Of wins Here's in a season. Here's the thing. They do super well this season. All their other seasons will not measure up to the first season. That they They're going to Florida Panther it? Yeah. Oh, I think be... the Panthers, they went they went to the finals pretty early on. Yeah. But anyway, so Jason, what do you want to say to the guys on the Golden Knights? You know, there's still a lot of hockey left. Yeah. See, what do you want to say to them? It's because gonna, you've given up on the Red Wings, essentially. You know what? I'm going to say it's going to tense up, guys. It is because nobody really knew who you were, and people are figuring you out. They're figuring out your system. They're figuring out your players. They're figuring out your moves. They're figuring out your defense. And you're going to have to forge ahead if you want to keep this streak going. Forge on ahead. You don't defense. have to worry about finishing in first place. That's not the goal. That's not important. You, you, you need to make it to the playoffs. Make a statement. Make a statement. And you do that by keeping your stick on the ice. Darn right you do.